Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. And here we are. Tomorrow is August 1st, and I will be calling a real college football game where the score counts and everything on August 26th. Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Looking forward to that. That's on the radio, which means we have 27 days until I call that game, which means Emery and I need to get busy breaking down some of these positions over the next few weeks. Obviously, quarterback, usually the primary one. You can check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Emery's the star of the show. I love him for so many reasons. He's the man. His tweets crack me up from time to time. Nobody works harder. Nobody loves football more than me, and he's probably the only person I can think of that might both work harder than me and love football more than me. Although I have like daughters, so it's not we're not comparing apples to apples here. But still, Emery is the man. Check him out at Fball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, and I'm just telling you right now, it's not too late. Do yourself a service and go to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. But Ross, the draft was three months ago. Yes, but we're about to get into preseason games. There's XFL guys. There's USFL guys. Nobody knows more about the undrafted guys. They're going to play the whole second half of the like 200 preseason games coming up. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 Draft guide. Emory, you can feel it. All the training camps are open. Football is here. Uh, let's get into these quarterbacks a little bit. And I want to start with what I guess is a debate. I mean, everybody sort of agrees that they're both really, really good. So I don't know that it's that much of a debate. But there are people that are already very loud and proud that they're either Team Drake May or Team Caleb Williams. How do you evaluate these guys? Where do you stand? Well, firstly, they can also pre-order 2024 because we we have that link up now. Footballgameplan.com slash 2024 nice. draft guide. But to your question, Ross, I personally don't think it's close between Caleb Williams and Drake May. Like, to me, Williams is up there with the Deshaun Watsons, the Pat Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, the Trevor Lawrences, those type of grades that I've had on these quarterback prospects. Drake made it. There's still a lot to be seen from my perspective. You know, when you think about Drake May, 
he jumped onto the scene first year, started playing really well. And then you started to see toward the back end kind of fall off a little bit. So we hadn't seen enough of Drake May to really say, hey, he's right up there with Caleb Williams. I just want to see him be a little bit more anticipatory as a passer. I want to see him do a little bit more versus pressure, not be too quick to move off uh, a, a target as it's opening. So I want to see those things. Williams has done all of those things times five, right? We saw him do such at Oklahoma. We saw him do a lot of it last year at USC. To me, there's there's more of a conversation of who's number two, three, and four than it is between who's number one. Very interesting. So I got to be honest with you, Emery. I haven't really watched Drake May play that much. You know, I feel like I've seen Caleb Williams play a million times. I don't think I've seen Drake May play very much. How well does he move? Can he run? Because I feel like that's a big differentiator with Caleb Williams. Yeah, and that's the thing. And Drake may hand move because he does a good job with the ball in his hands on the move. So that means your your boots, your waggles, your sprint outs, your half rolls, all of that is in play. Uh, your your RPO game is in play. So all of those things are in play with, with Drake. May he's a really good athlete. You kind of have to be nowadays. So that's something that he checks the box with. But he's not the type that that'll take off and run eighty yards and weaving through traffic like a New York cab, like Caleb Williams does, right? So that's something that, that he doesn't have, but he does have the ability to do everything from an athletic standpoint that you want. And again, if you're athletic, like Drake May is, your entire playbook is open, you know? And, and so that's something that he definitely does have. I feel like we we get to this point, Ross, in the draft process where people try to stake claims and, and plant flags and make it a debate and get upset about, well, you, how could you say this? And, and they're one up and one each other instead of letting the process play out. And they're putting so much undue pressure on, on the prospect. Remember, we had this conversation, the same debate when people were trying to, hey, is, is Matt Corral QB1 or it's it Spencer Rattler or somebody like that. So for me, if people are evaluating the entire quarterback you know, position like they should, especially the draft people, um, you realize that it's a lot closer uh, to a lot of these prospects than it is to Caleb Williams. I'll say that. All right, so then let's get to the, you said there's more of a debate over who's two, three, four. You know, it was interesting. We had Dane Brugler on a couple weeks ago, who you and I both have a lot of respect for, encourage people to check that out. And he had J.J. McCarthy from Michigan three. He had Riley Leonard from Duke four. And then he got to Quinn Ewers at five, whereas other people like Mike Renner, like Fran Duffy, were talking about Bo Nix, and people are talking about Michael Penix Jr. as well. I just find it really interesting, Emery, that people are kind of all over the place on you know this next group of guys. Where do you stand? It, and that's the thing. It, for me, it's... it's uh, Caleb Williams, Shadour Sanders, and then Spencer Rattler. When you look at those guys, my list difference differs from those other guys' list. And that shows you the, let's say, the depth of quarterbacks that we have in this class. So when, when you look at, you know, all of these prospects, and this is going to be the common theme when you break it down further, guys that are in their sixth or seventh year, you know, when you talk about age, you got to talk that about Bo Nix and you got to talk that about Michael Penix Jr. You know, those guys not only have the age question, 
but also for Penick's sake, he has the injury concern question. How, how durable is he? Can he stay healthy for a full season like he did last year? If he can stack those two things, it says, hey, okay, well, it looks like that is behind him. But then you wonder, okay, how much upside does he or Bo Nix have? And I know quarterbacks can play into their 40, but not everybody is Tom Brady or uh, Aaron Rodgers in terms of how they can play late in their career. So we'll see how much that, that, that happens. But also, on the other side of the argument, if I can get seven years of good play out of you, um, as a quarterback prospect, I say that's pretty doggone good, right? So I could see both sides of the age argument. But for me, when you look at a Shadour Sanders, right, maybe I'm the only one that watched Jackson State uh, because when he came out of high school and there was a lot of talk about him going to Jackson State and what Jackson State was going to do, remember, he didn't play in that spring season uh, that we had during COVID. So Deion Sanders went out there with Jalen Jones, who's now at the you know University of Charlotte, but he went out there with Jalen Jones, and they did okay in the spring. And we, he said, this team that you saw in the spring won't be the team you see in the fall. We get into the fall, Shadur Sanders goes out there as a true freshman and just lights it up. Wins the Jerry Rice Award, which is the FCS uh, Freshman Player of the Year Award. Did that with a with great touchdown to interception ratio. I think 33 touchdowns to only six interceptions. Second year, Black College National Player of the Year. He won that again. This guy had uh, 40 touchdowns, six picks, I believe, 70% completion percentage. His game is so much like Joe Burrow, it's not even funny. From an athletic standpoint to his decision-making, that's what really stood out to me in how he threw the football from a decision-making standpoint. He saw the game like a senior quarterback, and that was just so impressive. And when your mind is operating at a faster pace in a, in a higher level, you're the, you're, the, the ball comes out of your hand quickly. It goes where it needs to be. And I think that's something that people need to really start to get their heads around when you're talking about Shadour Sanders. So I'm excited to see how he does in Colorado. Now, he's a true junior. I don't know if he'll come out after this year, but, you know, if he has a great year. But, man, it'll be fun to watch him do what he did at Jackson State for two seasons in the Pac-12. All right, so that leads to a question for me, Emery. He's Dion's kid, right? Right. So how well does he run? That, right. It's funny because he's not the athlete that uh, Deion Sanders was. So he moves a lot like Joe Burrow. He he has, you know, good athleticism where he's not afraid to take off and run. But he plays his game primarily from the pocket. And it's not that he can't get out on a move. He can. It's just it doesn't look as explosive as you would expect Deion Sanders to, to, to you know, a Deion Sanders kid to, to play. Right. But he does have very good athleticism. He's more of your classic drop-back passer um, like Joe Burrow than what we are seeing now with guys like Drake May or Caleb Williams or, you know, to some extent, J.J. McCarthy as, as a very good athlete as well. Um, so it's it's funny to watch him. You, you expect him to run a 4-2. That's not going to be Shadur Sanders' game. Uh, but, man, when you talk about from the pocket, touch, timing, accuracy, this dude has the goods. And he had it as a true freshman and watched him stack that. Uh, as a sophomore, was super impressive. And this is a highly accomplished player. Now he's going to be around, you know, P5 talent, um, a P5 offensive line. I expect him to do the same things he did at Jackson State at Colorado. You know who else has the goods? The Game Time app. I am obsessed with this thing, Emery. And this is the best time to get on the Game Time app. You know why? Number one, end of summer concerts. So you can see what concerts are still going where you live because it goes by location. Number two, preseason games. 
you would be absolutely shocked how inexpensive preseason games are. It is the place for last-minute ticket deals. There's a reason why it's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. You can even see exactly where the seat would be. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code DRAFT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Emery, let's dive into Spencer Rattler because, man, he lit it up for a few games last year towards the end of the season in South Carolina having a couple of really big wins. And, you know, a year ago or two years ago maybe, he was coming in as the number one guy. People were saying the number one pick. Now it's like I don't even find him in the top 10. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how quickly the tie can turn. But what we talk about the tie turning, we saw last year within the last four games, him really lock in, find consistency, and make plays. Yeah, he still has some questionable interceptions in, in those games that he really stood out. Uh, first being Tennessee, then we saw them go, go and do a great job in upsetting Clemson. So this guy has the tools. His arm strength is ridiculous. It's an easy uh, throw for him. He could touch every quadrant of the field with his arm strength and velocity. You know, he has the, the ability to create off script, um, but that also could be the gift and the curse where it can get him in trouble when he forces some things. But in terms of him making every throw and threatening a tight window, Spencer Rattler is still a, a top-tier prospect, and I feel like if he can bottle up those last four games that we saw, including the bowl game against Notre Dame, into what we expect to be a full season of play, South Carolina, to me, offensively should be really good. Uh, defensively, they, they you know lost some key pieces, especially in the secondary. So we'll see them kind of be a work in progress as they start the season. But I feel like the offense is very good enough to where it can carry them until the defense gets their sea leg. So for me, Rattler is definitely someone that's going to be in that first-round conversation because of his physical talent. And if it starts to click for him like he did the last four games, if we see that over the course of the 12 or 19 games they play now in college football in, the, in a regular season, I think we'll talk about him as that first uh, first round quarterback, and again pushing for that QB two spot. So, there's, like I said, there's a lot more conversation about QB two than there is about QB one. What about some of these other guys? Emery, uh, JJ McCarthy, Riley Leonard, Quinn Ewers, that group. 
For J.J. McCarthy, I think he has, uh, you know, good talent in terms of athleticism, you know, in terms of his velocity. Um, obviously, the pure arm strength is the big question mark when you're watching him throw outside the numbers. I know what sticks out in everybody's mind is the last game we saw him play against TCU, struggled throwing outside the numbers. The ball was late and inside, and he went back the other way. So when you have that question and you think about NFL throws, okay, well, maybe his arm strength isn't as strong enough to really threaten the outside or pepper certain targets in a tight window. So he's going to have to play a confined game uh, within the, you know, the numbers, right? And down the middle of the field, I think he can throw the ball with some timing. I think he does have very good uh, placement on his passes and his accuracy. Uh, You know, the arm strength is going to be something that's going to stick in people's crawl. But I feel like if he can, when when you don't have the strongest of arms, you win with timing, you win with anticipation, you win with accuracy and placement. He can do those things. So I, I like, you know, uh, J.J. McCarthy, I think he's a very good quarterback. Leonard, I, I feel like Leonard is, uh, you know, he's still a work in progress in my opinion. I see, I've seen some talks of him, you know, being a first-round pick or whatnot. I like the player in terms of how they fit in the offense that he's asked to run. Because remember, this is a Duke team that was probably three or four plays away from being undefeated. Right. This team was good last year and they got a lot of guys back. So how he plays with within Duke's scheme is perfect because he's not afraid of pressure. You know, he's very athletic. You know, he runs tough, too. He's able to lower his shoulder and burrow through defenders. Um, And he makes good throws when the the timing it needs to happen. Like, hey, you got to make a throw now. He's able to keep his eyes downfield and find a target you know, screaming free or something like that. So I still am high on Duke as a team, uh, but just from a pro prospect perspective, you want to see a little bit more from Leonard and yours. I wish we would have saw him the entire game against Alabama because he was doing some marvelous things and you, you know, he gets hurt. And so you always got to factor that in when you're watching film from the last season. Okay. When he came back, how did he play? Was he still favoring whatever injury he had? Did, did Was he a little bit too hesitant? I feel like he has to, to be better at stepping into his throws. A lot of the passes tend to sail a little bit, which invites the defender back into the play. But if he can just step in, fire, be decisive with his throws, lower body mechanics is going to be a thing. Uh, he has a, a weird windup, and I don't care too much about how guys throw as long as the ball gets there. So for me, it's about can his lower body mechanics you know, be more consistent that'll help him drive the football and he'll be able to beat some of these uh, tight window coverages that he that he's seeing. So yours to me, um, this year is going to be big for him and whether or not he stays as a junior um, or he comes out early. Because I know people are expecting him to come out, uh, but what if he plays okay and he doesn't have the leverage to come out, right? And so I think he's kind of, this is a big year for him because the, everybody wants to see Arch Manning, everybody wants to see Malik Murphy behind him. So they're just kind of expecting Quinn Ewers to go to the pros, but that may not be the case. So that's why I think this year he's going to have to come out like gangbusters and play against Alabama like he did early in the game against Alabama Alabama before he got knocked out. I know another uh, under-the-radar quarterback that you like, Emery, is Jalen Daniels at Kansas. Watching those guys last year is like Duke. You watch those guys, and you don't expect them to be a football power. But Kansas was in a lot of games, and they won a lot of games for Kansas from from a Kansas perspective. I just feel like, you know, Daniels played exceptionally well. 
Um, you know, the timing, the touch, the anticipation was perfect. He's good off play action, good footwork, can't throw on the move, all of those things. Um, does get a little bit reckless with the football at times in the pocket, you know, where he's trying to make something happen and, you know, he'll fumble the ball or you know, he'll put the ball in harm's way, you know, a risky throw. But when he's playing within, you know, the timing perspective or he's playing uh, on pace, on schedule, the ball is, is beautiful and he gives him a chance to win. And I think – when you think about someone that's what five eleven, two hundred and ten pounds, I'm glad we're in this post. You know, quarterback size has to be a thing. Uh, you know, era of football where a guy like Jalen Daniels can get a good opportunity, and, and it's weird because he's another one of these guys that people are projecting to come out, but he's also a junior. So I don't know. You know, when when whenever the eligibility stuff gets back right, uh, you can end up grading a hundred guys and ninety five of them go back to school, right? So it's like you got to figure out where this person is. And a lot of it all depends on how they play. And if Kansas can be good again and get to a bowl game and Daniels can stay out there for a full season because he was banged up, missed some games last year, then this would be a big season for him too. Well, and NIL has changed that a lot for quarterbacks. If you're going to be a late round pick or maybe undrafted, these guys are getting a lot of money. I mean, you hear some of the numbers they're getting offered to go to schools, to be their starting quarterback. These guys are better off staying in college, a lot of them, from a money standpoint than leaving unless they're going to go really, really high. By the way, Emery, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I am a huge fan of where we are now as a society as it relates to mental health. And I know a lot of people that have benefited from therapy. Uh, I think everyone knows that if you're going through something, you got tough choices, you know, maybe you've got some struggles. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash draft today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better, H-E-L-P, Help.com slash draft. By the way, whether it's Game Time or BetterHelp or any of these, do yourself a favor. Take advantage of one of the sponsors. Send me an email, Ross at RossTucker.com. Because you can get into the next best ball draft with Joe and I on the Fantasy Feast. You get $500. The winner gets $500. I mean, we're giving out, and it's no entry fee, and the winner gets 500 big ones. So take advantage of a sponsor. Hit me up, Ross at RossTucker.com. Let's get to a couple of group of five guys, Emery. And this guy, I don't rarely say, I, I rarely say this, especially. When the team, I don't even know if they had won a game at that point. But I did an Akron game last year, Emery, and watching the tape, I could not believe some of the throws that DJ Irons could make. I mean, as good as any quarterback anywhere. It didn't make sense, right, Ross? Because if you go and watch their game against Tennessee, um, Ohio State, or Auburn, you're like, this dude actually is throwing the, the heck out of the football. You know, and it's he's six six two oh five. Credit to Joe Moorhead, fantastic coach. My guy, Joe Moorhead, great offensive mind, 
he has two quarterbacks. He has him he has, and Jeff Undercoupler, right? So he has two good quarterbacks that's going to be playing pro ball. But Irons is someone that could legitimately make every throw on the field. Great decision maker with the football. Now, there are times where the, he can put too much touch on the pass, and that invites the defender back into the play and makes it a tougher play. But I feel like no one is talking enough about DJ Irons and how he's playing the quarterback position. So for me, this year, Akron should be better. They played in a lot of interesting games last year. I feel like they should be better. He can make all of, he can drive the football down the field, drive the team, the offense down the field. You saw that against Tennessee. Like he was just making A plus decisions. And I feel like with his size, his ability to play from the neck up, and his physical ability, why isn't he getting talked about enough? So obviously I put my, you know, XFL, USFL GM hat on. Like I might want to get ahead of this before the NFL does because we know how the NFL is. And so this is someone, it's rare to see these sleeper prospects come from FBS programs, but DJ Irons to me and this Akron team um, is uh, is going to be a fly in the ointment in the MAC, but Irons to me is going to get him to one of these postseason all-star games and do a fantastic job. I feel like not a lot of people have even watched Akron football, but also haven't talked enough about the DJ Irons. All right, you got about 30 seconds, Emery. Give me a, a small college guy. You got to give K- me at least one guy that's non-FBS. K. Peterson's Grand Valley State, phenomenal talent. Can win inside, outside the pocket. Definitely can make every throw on the football field. Great leadership skills, and I love that he's tough. Grand Valley State is always on the cusp of getting to the national championship game. I think Peterson is the one to get him there, but that's a guy that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah, D2 Grand Valley State. I know you also like Jalen Maiden. At San Diego State, I did a couple of his games last year. Uh, he did a lot of really good things. For, I mean, the guy was playing safety and getting snaps early in the year, and then midway through the season, they switch him to quarterback, or at least back to quarterback, and that obviously ended up being a real positive for him. We're going to have to play catch-up a little bit, Emory, over the next few weeks. I'm thinking maybe next week we get into the skill position guys, running back, tight end, and wide receiver, Week after that, O-line, D-line. Week after that, maybe linebackers and secondary. Next thing you know, we got games where we're not only talking about the top prospects in those games, but making our picks against the spread as well. Please check them out on social media, at F-Ball Game Plan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.